happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. Happy actual Saturday. Yeah, happy actual Saturday. We're back on track. It's been a lot of mis- mishmashes of, hey, it's Tuesday. Happy Saturday. <laughs> it's got to be Saturday somewhere. It, I think so. It's always Saturday in Australia. Is that, that's the rule. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We are here with Robert Patterson, the author and blogger of the website set-chatter.com. As always, for Set Chatter Saturdays, you can follow Robert on Instagram at set underscore jetter, um, as well as uh, make sure you go to the website and check out the expansive, extensive, and exciting bits of uh, movie set location history he has on there. Uh, and we have a very special show tonight. Uh, we have 1996. Do they still hold up? There's I don't know if I'd of... call it special, but uh, <laughs> when <laughs> I did a quick look through the list, I'm like, oof. Yeah, it, it's special in the sense that um, you wonder what was going on in the mid-90s at this <laughs> point. It's kind of all over the place. Yes, it w- definitely was. So. And, but some uh, big tentpole movies, for sure. For sure, yeah. And I feel like 96 is when special effects started to get better, but also started to be used haphazardly for a lot of stuff. They were kind of throwing them in a lot of movies that didn't age well. Correct. That was that was a little bit too broad. I'm like, they use computers that, for some look good and for some look bad. It's like, nailed it, Clark. It did, Hollywood needs you. You know, it depends how much money you had, how much time you had. Um, so obviously, some some work better than the others. But you know, you can say the same thing about 2021. There's some awful effects mm. uh, still happening. So, uh, before we get into the list, I wanted to bring up. I've been watching. I watched Fear Street. And I started American Horror Story, the stories. Uh-huh. Yes. And you, you've watched these as well. Uh, I've watched the first two Fear Streets. I haven't watched the 1666 one yet. So that's my on my to-do list. Um, Me too. But for the, first, for the first two, I was going to speak to that. I was like, I was shocked at how gory they were. Uh, I was like, this is just it was more brutal than... Uh, I think about the early Friday the Thirteenth, which were just hammered with you know by the by the censors and so forth. I'm like, that's like nothing. Like here, they're hitting people multiple times in the face with an axe, and they're still alive. And they keep. It was like, oof. It was just like pain. It was painful. It was, yeah. After the same thing, there was a lot of cool nods to Friday the Thirteenth and obviously other classic uh, horror films, but the um, the the gore in that made Friday the Thirteenth look like uh, like child's play. And I'm not of that generation that. Uh, read those books you know I was a little bit older um, so I, I was just curious if I assume the books probably were not that brutal uh, was it R.L. Stein? did he write all of these or, or yes the name? Yeah. you know and I don't think I ever read Fear Street I read a few of those Goosebumps books which were like toned down but I think Fear Street were like the grittier ones but I, I doubt they were that graphic I mean just like Robert said you have people like running up and stabbing you in the face and shooting you, you know, in the belly, close range, and it's it's like right there, and it's repeatedly. Um, which I didn't expect him to go that that route. But it was shockingly um, uh, good, though. I mean, for what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'll I take think it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, your buddy Sean Clark posted a video I watched. I was looking for, I'm waiting for your Friday the 13th part three oh, location. He'll and, probably, I'm not sure where he's at on that, but he, conventions have started up. So I'm sure his goal is to have it posted by August 13th. Cause I think that's the anniversary of the film, but I think you're right. We'll and, uh, but he posted something about fear street saying that Netflix incorrectly 
put the location down as the camp in that was used in the filming of Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Correct. So I pretty I actually didn't watch the video, but I know we, he and I last time I saw him we talked about it. So it's a camp nearby um, that was also used in Little Darlings. So you, you Little Darlings mm-hmm. with Tatum O'Neill and Christy McNichol used two camps. Uh, the Friday Thirteenth Camp is what they used the most, but they did use. Um, the other camp, I think it was supposed to be the boys camp uh, more for this one. They might have used the dock or something from part six or, um, for that's what for he Fair said. Street. But um, but otherwise, yeah, it's all the other camp. They they have a lot of similarities. For yeah, sure, yeah, no, they look similar. Yeah. Um, and if you asked me like a year and a half ago before I started doing the show with you, I would have just ran with that and been like, yeah, it's like they filmed it there. And I wouldn't have really. And if somebody was like, oh, no, it wasn't. I'd be like, shut up, nerd. Like it was. <laughs> The internet but, says it. <laughs> but it's a good point, though, because your friend Sean mentioned this video. You know, there's someone out there, like, trying to put this location together, and they get this misinformation, and people will show up, and, like, they'd be disappointed, or if they don't know, it's just not true. So I thought that was kind of cool to have, you know, a degree of accuracy with uh, saying, like, hey, Netflix, this this isn't it. Yeah, you've got us, though. And I wish, I know, obviously, he's kicked him. He couldn't get into that camp. I think it was closed when he went there. Because uh, he's obviously, he may be more of a completist uh, than I am when he when he's doing his videos. Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, he'd have even more footage uh, to share with people. And what are you? What are your thoughts on American history? Uh, American history. What do you like <laughs> think about American History X? Uh, American Horror Story. <laughs> I only watched the first episode last night. You, you're like. You uh, more, right? Yeah, so the first two episodes are the same story, uh, creaky, where they went back to the murder house. Um, mm-hmm. I, sh- I should have done a post about that because uh, I went to the murder house before it was the murder house. I was there for other locations, so I, I, I thought you on, did. Yeah, I've been up on the. Uh, I don't know if I did for American oh, Horror Stories. Oh, maybe you just posted yeah. it to me. Um, yeah, I, I think I just sent it to you, but yeah, so I got there uh when it was used in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and so I remember when it showed up on uh, American Horror Story uh opening night I think I did a blog right away I'm like hey I've been there now there's big fence around the place and um but at the time yeah you could just walk right up to it that's so cool that you got to go there D- didn't you post uh American Horror Stories something recently though oh like- yeah so I noticed they went to the Alex Theater in Glendale um and I was, was I was there for another location for uh you season 2 so I just did a quick post. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I thought. But that that's cool that you got that. I like when you rehash old photos. And you're like, I've been there. And it posts right away. Because it you know, gives the illusion that you were there this week, <laughs> which I love. If I lived in LA, yeah, I would be like, well, I'm going tomorrow morning. <laughs> My favorite example of that was the stand. We were like knee deep in the pandemic where travel is like <laughs> nowhere. And it's late December, it, it, like around Christmas. And you were like... Here's the locations. People are seeing this like, oh, my gosh, you got them. <laughs> like, I would have just ran with that. Like, I'm there now. I have COVID, uh, but I got them. <laughs> you do what you have to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's fun. I did the same for American Horror Story season one and two opening because I went to the locations before, obviously, they premiered that night. So I knew where Asylum was shooting. And so I went down there and took pictures of the exterior that they used for uh, Asylum without seeing the show, just assuming they'd probably have certain angles and so forth, but yeah. wanted to be first. Hey, you have to be first. You are many times. Are you a fan of American Horror Story? Um, uh, it's kind of the roller coaster where it really kind of went up and peaked and then, uh, and then it kind of like fizzled out. I feel yeah. the same way about American Horror Stories. It mm-hmm. just kind of feels like these are the webisodes uh, <laughs> that... Yeah, American are, Horror Story light. 
barely worth, you know, it almost feels like American Horror Story presents, you know, when, you know, you used to have Wes mm-hmm. Craven presents and like he had nothing to do with this. No, but they're smacking their name on it. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. hundred percent. I think some American Horror Story, some of the early ones are pretty solid. Um, but later seasons, they always added that extra layer that didn't need to be there. And it just felt too crowded. Yeah. You know, they'll add that one plot twist four episodes in you're like it was kind of fine the way it was now it's this like whole thing uh, uh, yeah like 1984 did that you're like okay oh, oh no they're ghosts having sex now so <laughs> it was fine just having the serial killer and even richard ramirez which is weird but now we're doing this thing okay here we just, go just keep adding on and on and on and on but keep layering it in um but yeah i'm gonna finish it uh, i will watch it the um Topic tonight is: Do they still hold up? Highest-grossing films of 1996. These are via Box Office Mojo. And Robert, what do we have? Number one, Independence Day, <laughs> which feels like yesterday compared to Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, makes this look like Citizen Ruth. But, uh, Citizen Ruth. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Uh, I know what you meant. But the same. It, it, same it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so obviously for its time, um, and the effects still, here's the thing, these the effects are not all CGI in this. There's still a lot of models, and I think this is why the effects in Independence Day mostly hold up, um, because it is that mix, and you kind of, you have kind of concrete visuals. And I remember at the time, people were like excited, like, if this is what we can do for visual effects, can you imagine what the new Star Wars is going to be like? Not knowing we'd be get, getting the Phantom Menace, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, but so for the most part, it's still, I mean, here, here's the thing. I swear to God, it's every trip I'm on, it's some, it's on some channel in the hotel. And I usually kind of flip through and watch for a few minutes just to, uh, to see. But, uh, for the most part, it's one of those films that, uh, probably the beginning is better than the end. Um, but for the most part, if you were around in 96, this was, this was one of the movies to go to a couple of times just to immerse yourself in it. Oh Yeah. I agree. It's the Seven Eleven of movies. It's always somewhere, not too far. Whether you're traveling or you're on a plane, it's just it's going to be somewhere streaming. Um, I agree with you. I think it still holds up for the most part. Special effects are good, and uh, I feel like the cast is it was really well um, played. They didn't want Will Smith to do it at the time. It was like a battle to get him, but um, that kind of solidified him. There, there are still some bad moments where, like, it doesn't even make sense. You know, when Will Smith is coming out of his house reading the paper and he looks left and he looks right, <laughs> and then what? what? There's a huge space. Like, I, I missed that whole yeah, thing yeah. walking out, but there it is. <laughs> and same thing with his wife coming out with the coffee. Like, what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? What? Uh, <laughs> why? Why am I acting this way? That is why. Uh, this is how self-centered LA people are. <laughs> I will. Yeah. <laughs> We only care about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I will crowbar in. This is one of those lines I've used with my buddy Mike since the movie came out. And uh, we'll do it in like the dumbest situations. We'll we'll walk into a restaurant together, opening the gate to the pool. And I'll go, open the door. And he goes, "Uh, sorry, Clark, this is a uh, static free room. I'll go, open the door. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, And we'll just do that. Like, you know, we used to go to like diners and open the door. Uh, Sorry, it's a smoke free restaurant. Open the door. Did you? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, okay. That's number all you two. have to do. All you got to do. Number two. Uh, ooh, Jonas went and got himself some corporate sponsors. <laughs> He's just in it for the money, not the science. All that tornado money. Uh, this, of course, is Twister, Robert. Twister. 
so I was talking to my sister about this because we we wanted to go to we wanted to go to it before it opened, and so you had to win tickets from some radio station or they had different places or something. So oh she yeah, can't remember all the details, but she had to go win tickets from the radio station. She had to go pick them out at some salon or or something like that. So uh, yeah, we were How we were more it? jazzed to see this movie than anything else. And uh, if you remember this this movie had a trailer that. Uh, uh, I remember I went, I think I snuck into a movie just just because I think the trailer was going to be there. And the trailer has something that's not even in the movie with the tire smashing uh, kind of towards the camera. So this had a lot of hype. Oh, yeah. To it. Yeah. No, I, I think for that, I feel for the most part, this this film still holds up. It's still a fun ride. Um, and it is does have some pretty good sequences. So um, I didn't actually go to this uh, one location, but my sister did while she was traveling in Iowa. And this is at the house. Oh and uh, area used at the end of the film. So it's Ooh, kind yeah. of way out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's so cool. Early on, they used to sell pieces of wood and stuff from the house. I think they put a twister stamp on it. Uh, so no, really? To go here. And I think they used to try to give tours. And of course, it literally is, from what I remember, in the middle of nowhere. I've never even been here. but No. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I believe it. It looks pretty, pretty rural. Yeah. R.I.P. Bill Paxson. Uh, yeah, so I think I put yeah I posted that the day he passed away, and I was like, uh, he was, he will be missed. He continues to be missed. She's a psychiatrist. Oh, yours? <laughs> it this this has lines you repeat, not necessarily in a, a good way, but yeah. I love the driving scene uh, still in this film. Which, which like I didn't say you needed therapy. <laughs> Trying to get those lines out Can or I get ADR eight coffees line. at ten o'clock at night. Eight, yeah, eight coffees. That's a good. That's not like a water or a beer, but like all these coffees in oh. case we have to get going. I and, did and it, lo- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, no. So it, it is guilty of one of my things I hate most. Is like we are definitely not stopping by my aunt's, and the next thing you know, they're at the <laughs> aunt. And I'm like, uh, I think they do that like twice. Like, we're definitely not doing this. And then next thing they're doing, I was like, come we're on. Yeah, yeah, they're right in there. Yeah. We're definitely not doing this. Uh, Joe, uh, this movie made me see The Shining. I didn't see The Shining before. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was on the, the screen, remember? Yeah. At the drive-in. So my stepdad, I was like, what is that? He's like, that's The Shining. I was like, oh, he's like, you got to watch it. And we rented it from Blockbuster. And I was like, yes. Or whatever. It must be good if it's on the Twister drive-in. Well, yeah. Getting the rights. I think Spielberg produced this. Did he not? Uh, I don't. He might have been involved. So Jan de Bont, one of his last, I say last films. He, you know, between this and Speed, he had some kind of, he just, and then he kind of failed after that. And Yeah, what happened? I don't know what happened with him. I think he just, uh, Hollywood is not always the most forgiving town. You can have two big hits, and if you have mm-hmm. one flop, then that's the end. So, And that's it. Yeah, yeah, it was produced by Amblin. So okay, it was uh, expensive movie. That's both Independence Day and Twister were pretty expensive movies, but that gamble paid off. Did Twister go head to head with Independence Day? It was released not too far. I was a Twister bumped up earlier, and I remember that was also a big deal at the time because I think it came out in mid May or something like that. And at the time, people were like that's not summer. <laughs> And, yeah. you know because that was and now summer starts in april for movies you know <laughs> uh, like right yeah no of course was, you know but at the time I remember it was kind of called out for saying is this really a summer film it's coming out before labor or before memorial day 
Um, and I think um, Independence Day came out actually closer to, to Independence Day. Yeah, I do remember that. I saw both of them theatrically. It was kind of a cool summer. No, absolutely. Uh, Special effects summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, what we got next? Uh, Mission Impossible. The, one. the first of many. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because the sequ- they all begin to blend together for me. Um, even they, mm-hmm. they have some kind of tentpole uh, special effect, you know, big stunts uh, in each movie. But then I'm like, is that the first one or the second one? I Sometimes I even mix it up with Charlie's Angels, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the first one and the second one I liked, I enjoyed. Uh, after that, they kind of all muddled together. I couldn't tell you which one is which. Yeah, so this one had... Uh, no, this one obviously has not held, held up for me. So one, I don't own it, and two, what I do remember about it was just—is this the one with the gum and? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just uh, like what? Like what's going on? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What was happening there? I, I don't remember. It just seemed very unsafe for me. But knowing Tom Cruise, it probably actually was explosive gum, and he actually did put it in his mouth. Of, of course, <laughs> he has to do it. Uh, we both agree on Mission Impossible. Uh, next we have you know uh, I, I like history too and maybe when this is done we can go to the souvenir shop together but right now I just <laughs> I just want to find some rockets <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I'll say this movie wasn't made for me so Losers. we're talking about The Rock yes the, the, welcome to The Rock losers <laughs> always complain about doing their best winners go to set-jet.com it's <laughs> a real line from the film uh, I thought it was. That's why it's where I took my name. Uh, I lo- I love this movie. I think it gets an unfair rap. It's like the only Michael Bay movie that, first of all, it's the only one he did that's certified fresh, and it's the only <laughs> one that's like kind of good, you know. Um, we'll we'll I mean, get to got, Michael Bay. It's got Bay. Sir Sean in it. We, we'll get to a Michael Bay movie I really like later. I know what it is. In about a, another decade. Yep. Or, Pearl Harbor. Yes. Ooh, I do, I do like that for the op, the wrong reasons, but <laughs> but not for Michael Bay's direction. That movie needs a laugh track. For sure. <laughs> uh, Pearl Harbor makes you, it's, you're kind of embarrassed watching it, especially Josh Hartnett. I think that's a that's a. We'll talk about that in 2001. Yeah, we might need a whole episode on that. Or 2000. <laughs> um, so that was The Rock. Number four. Number five is The Nutty Professor. This is Eddie Murphy. Yes, and Eddie Murphy, and it's Eddie Murphy Eddie as Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Um, no, oh. uh, no. I think they made some sequels to it too. Yeah, were but, the sequels called The Nuttier Professor or something? Um, I don't even remember. Can't tell. Yeah. Didn't did, did, didn't even see him. Uh, I didn't care for the Nutty Professor. Uh, number six is Ransom. Is this Mel Gibson and Rene Russo? Yes. Uh, See, Ron I was confused Hunter. that this and Conspiracy Theory, it's those like non-lethal weapon movies he did around this time. That the, For me, they kind of run together. Gotcha. Yeah. So this was, I'm surprised it was number six. Uh, it kind of seems like yeah. a random watch on HBO Saturday night uh, type of film and never watch again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, people wanted to see it. And, and I always I say, oh, did Rene Russo get this instead of, uh, since they kicked her out of Batman Forever the year before, that she was young enough. For, for Mel Gibson. Right, yeah. She's young enough for Mel Gibson and uh, Dustin Hoffman, but not, not the bat. <laughs> nope. Uh, uh, number seven is The Birdcage. 
This is Nathan Lane and Robin Williams playing <laughs> a gay couple in South Beach. Running the, I was going to say, subtly playing. I'm just kidding. Subtle, yes, very subtly. <laughs> the most subtle acting that you can find. Uh, so this is this was a big no for me. Hank Azaria. And to me, it's mm. just like people playing. It's the type of acting you see on stage. But yeah, it's a play. On, but yeah, they're like, it seemed to get even. La- I, I, there were times I think they were almost looking at the, the screen as they look at the audience to wink, and wait for the what laugh. You, you know, <laughs> they um, yeah, they, it's definitely you can tell because it's it's there's only like two sets in the entire movie for the most part. Um, I, I've been to that restaurant. It's a really cool oh, place. Yeah. It's called the Carlisle. It it was in Scarface too. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the Birdcage. I just watched it not too long ago. There's still some scenes that are really funny, and the acting, of course, is, you know, they're good actors. But there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't be made today, uh, particularly the fact that his girl fiance is coming down, and the Republican senator, of course, doesn't like gays, so they have to like hide their sexuality at <laughs> at like ad nauseum to the point where you're like, it just that that doesn't look good anymore on screen. The comedy of errors and just yeah. Yeah, and Hank is Hank is Aria's character. It was like Diane Guatemala. It's like what? what are, <laughs> like Latino people can speak. It, like they don't sound like whatever accent that is. Well, yeah, and poor Hank Azaria has been yeah. accused many times of culturally appropriating all sorts of things. I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just go home, Hank. Uh, you still got Godzilla. To, to yes. Get so, <laughs> and number eight, uh, we have Time to Kill. This is Matthew McConaughey, Sandra Sandra Bullock, and Samuel Jackson. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Kevin Spacey. Uh, so I am, admittedly, not a fan of Matthew McConaughey. Just just um, can't yeah. do it. So yeah. um, this is a Joel Schumacher film, which I think he, he probably I think he did a couple of Grisham films. Was the client it was also a Grisham. Yes. Grisham. Yeah. Client was uh, client was Grisham. Yeah. Kevin so, Spacey was in this. That's right. Um, so I think that it's that kind of worked for him. That even though um, Joel Schumacher directed all sorts of films, you know, everything from Incredible Shrinking Woman to Batman Forever to Flatliners, he he really did kind of was able to kind of say direct anything. I, but I think his style really worked. Obviously, kind of for these kind of courtroom dramas. Yeah. And, and out of the courtroom, but not for me. No, no, yeah. I have a no McConaughey rule. <laughs> uh, I, I still think it holds up. I watched it not too long ago, and it's still pretty good. It's in the same vein as like Mississippi Burning. Um, you know, the Southern, here's the racism up front in the courtroom. It's the courtroom yeah. drama. Uh, for the most part, it's good. The The most ridiculous line in the movie, though, is Kiefer Sutherland uh, talking to his redneck friends, and he goes, oh, we need we need some, some clan up here. As if, as if clan were, um, you know, like we need some traps for the bears or we need some some weed killers. We need some clan up here. Maybe they goes, do talk that way. I don't. Yeah. And, I don't oh, know. well, it's it's really bad. And as he goes, I'm not talking about these government Nazis that want to blow up the skinhead Nazis that want to blow up the government. I'm talking about some good old God fearing clan. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then the clan comes. Uh, 100 Dalmatians. Is, is that the, uh, number nine? Yeah, um, I, I assume this is the live-action Glenn Close one. Yes. All this um, in the theater. I'm a big Disney guy, but this wasn't made for me. 
me either. And I have and speaking of I've not seen Cruella either. So No. Somebody tried to get me to go in on that because I have Disney Plus, but you had to like pay extra. Uh, yeah. It was only thirty bucks. They're like, Do you want to split it? I'm like, No, no, no. If it's a good movie, I'll pay for it and we can come over and we can watch it together. But like I don't I don't want to get into this, man. Mm-mm. It's no. <laughs> and that's uh, where I more I'll, I'll have no problem spending fifty bucks to see it at the theater and <laughs> gone forever. Yeah. But you want to spend no. twenty five dollars on a Blu ray? Uh uh-uh. uh. You're not getting me. Not getting me. <laughs> no sorry, Bob. Uh I it doesn't I didn't like it at the time. It was kinda it's kinda weird. You know, you, you associate with the cartoon and I don't know. Oh, uh, and I this is where Disney good. was uh trying to branch out a little bit and looking through their catalog of what, what what can we do to continue to make money we can, we can't make um a uh, big uh initially animated films every year right yeah yeah let's basis, do but yeah well said robert um and finally number 10 is the first wives club this is bet midler goldie hawn and diane keaton which is the first film there was a sequel to this i'm drawing a blank there was was there i don't think so Maybe not. No, I think they talk about remaking it or maybe sequelizing mm. it. So, so this one still does hold up for me uh, for the most part. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Stalker Channing, um, kind of as the kind of the uh, smaller rules. I, I remember we. I think we had to go to two theaters because it was sold out the first theater we went to. That's oh, yeah. what That's what it was like back then, kids. That <laughs> you couldn't yeah. just order tickets from home and assume that they'd be there for, you know, that you had to go to the theater and you might have gone to another one. Uh, oh, I remember those. Get the best seat that you can. So, um, so it is, it's goofy and it's kind of, uh, it's overdone, but not overdone like in the bird, ca- bird cage ways of, of overdone. But, um, no. so I still like it. And it's mostly thanks to, you know, uh, the three leads. Totally. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I really enjoyed this film and I do remember those days where you'd go, and you'd have to switch, and then you'd be calling places, and you would just settle for whatever. You're like, well, if we drive 40 minutes, we can get the 1110 show. And it's like, let's do it. Just come on. It's got to be good. If everybody wants to see it, it must be good. It must be good. <laughs> uh, those were top 10. And on next on uh, 1996, honorable mentions. And we have a juicy potato here, Robert. Yeah, I was surprised this actually didn't crack the top 10 because it did so well. And yeah. it, was, it was released at the end of 96, but even if I, I kind of looked to see how much it did, it was like just, it was probably was actually number 11 if it did it. And that was Wes Craven's Scream, released in December of 96. That's probably it then. It was the 96. Yeah. But, it was December. Well, I looked at the uh, how much it made total, and it was still not quite cracking it but obviously for the amount of budget it did it was really well so i remember seeing this i think it was opening night um and mm-hmm. we didn't quite it was before everybody kind of knew what was this about i remember reading about it in fangoria magazine when it was called scary movie at the time and uh and it, it kind of had me obviously kind of during the opening scene but when they started using lines from halloween uh when the parents come in i was like oh they, this is a love letter uh to halloween and all those other horror movies so Oh yeah, um, and and it was one of those that it did better the second weekend, and I think the third weekend it kept getting you know true word of mouth. Uh, this yeah. movie uh, became a hit. Certainly, and Scream is a landmark film, and when you really think about that film when it came out, breaking the rules and also you know explaining the all the the horror film tropes and why they're doing it, uh, it's it's very well said. It's a love letter to to those other films. Uh, Robert has covered this film extensively. 
yeah, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've updated my page, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so uh, a couple of the houses still are not accessible. So, but Casey Becker's house uh, was for sale. And so I took some pictures from for the realty company. And, and at the time, the house pretty much looked the same. And it had, I think it had the same dining room furniture or something like that but or even some of the books really the, so yeah so part of me is like oh if they if those people leave anything or if you wanted to go buy anything that um you could have actually have some screen props and uh, when you so called to find out about the listing I, did you go i'm gonna gut you like a fish <laughs> i should have i should have gone up there but yes uh, threat threats but over the phone not, always so. work out well uh but a lot of this was sh uh shot uh in the sonoma area Beautiful um, Sonoma. Yes. But yeah, see, the painting is the same. and um, The painting was the same. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, if you go right above. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robert the Bruce. It's like you could have had that stuff. So yes, uh, the Sonoma Community Center has the school. And usually they're pretty good uh, to fans kind of coming in and, and taking pictures. They, they, need, they need some shrubbery work done. <laughs> look a little overgrown. Looks well, abandoned. It it does kind of look good, whatever, but it's actually it's a nice it's, community. It's a nice place inside. You did a good job with these shots too. Thank you. Uh, Scream was I am I am shocked as well that didn't crack the top ten. I think the video rentals and purchases were like crazy too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. If it. As well as it did in the theaters, it did even better. And then that's why Scream 2, which I'm sure we'll be talking about next week, um, was turned out pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once they have that lightning in the bottle, it's like, let's start let's shooting. keep going. And then and we'll talk about it because I'm actually, I might be more of a fan of Scream 2 than the original. I, I can get on with that assessment. Uh, Nev Campbell. Um, what was Nev Campbell's big thing before she did Scream? She uh, was in... Party, Party of Five, I think. Is that the fine. TV show? Yeah. So at the time, this was kind of not poked fun of, but obviously Courtney Cox, they were kind of cherry picking from TV shows. Like this is what they did in their their off time. Um, and then yeah. that kind of became the the formula <laughs> for all the horror movies that we got the next couple of years is that it was just populated by the CW oh, yeah. uh, uh, channels uh, during their. Freddie their, Prince Jr. Their, hey, it worked. And hey, Ryan it worked. Sleep, Sold his soul. He still looks the same. And and Scream, totally. Scream brought to life kind of, I know what you did last summer. That was like mm -hmm. the next franchise that kind of birthed from this idea. Urban and Legend. And then it just kept going. What was that? Urban Legend. And we, Urban had, we Legend. ended up having horror movies every week. And I thought, oh, this is what it must have been like to be alive in 1981 when you had all these post-Halloween, post-Friday the 13th ripoffs. Uh, you could just every weekend there was a new horror movie, and so it, it was it was a prime time for me. Yeah, it revitalized the the horror genre. Yeah. In, in the popular mainstream. Yep. Uh, this shot right here had Heldsburg Plaza. This is in uh, Heldsburg, California. Great shots, um, Robert. What do we have next on honorable mention? Poof, uh, Eraser. Eraser. <laughs> Schwarzenegger's <laughs> finest role. Uh, yeah, obviously it does not hold up for me. I, I, all I remember is kind of the fancy gun they had was the, the point of the the film. Did they film at the Griffith Park Zoo for this? They filmed at some zoo. For some reason, I thought it was supposed to be New York, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Eraser, 
Yeah, Griffith Park Zoo. Okay. Um, right up here in LA. Such I a guess cool I should place. go do locations for it. I have not failed. Oh, I'll go with you. I know that. I know that area well. I don't know the movie well enough, but they filmed um, a lot of movies up there, like Anchorman and stuff. You can, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It, no, it's it's nice if you can kind of get there and take some shots. Yeah. A little sketchy, but uh, yeah, it's better to go during the day. Yeah. Well, there's no like security up there. It's a free for all. You're like walking in rusty, abandoned cages, mm-hmm. and that's there's that's it. it. You're like, oh, I guess I could fall. Yeah. OSHA um, be damned. OSHA be. <laughs> Star Trek: First Contact. Uh, the so you know. Robert? I, I, I'm a fan of the early Star Trek movies, one through six-ish. Uh, uh, but And they start trying to bring the next generation into the movies. And like this one just didn't work for me because uh, what I remember is Deanna Troy pretending to be drunk. Uh, and it just did not did not work for me at all. And I know you missed sorry. a lot of that. But, uh, but yeah, so... No, they, I, they actually, I heard it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was letting a cat was, out. Um, Deanna those, Troy. Those cats, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, this might be the strongest of the generation's uh, kind of franchise of movies, but it's still it's not in my library. It does have a nice score by Jerry Goldsmith, though. Well, you can't go wrong with him. But, no. but he, it's he a shit film. Help. Yeah, he can, only, he can only help so much. The Cable Guy. Uh, number four, this is when Jim Carrey was doing like two, three movies a year, and liar liar and you know it was like every year he had one of these kind of movies um haven't seen this in a while i haven't enjoyed either. it i i remember enjoying that at the time and it's one of those movies that goes on a little bit too long um mm-hmm. but uh but it's matthew uh broderick playing matthew broderick and jim carrey playing jim carrey and of well course done. movie magic I think this movie was better for isolated scenes that you could watch on youtube you know like the karaoke stuff yeah, because I, I do remember it did make you a little uncomfortable, which I guess was the point, but it got a little too like it was a little too long, like you yeah. mentioned. Yeah, and, and, and you do see those snippets. I'm like, wait, maybe this is funny, and then you watch the whole movie, and it's like, oh, no, yeah, no. Uh, by the way, I did we did talk about the mask the other episode, and I did rewatch that. Oh, it did does you? not hold up. Oh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I think if they made it today, and the comic source material was like more well known, they could have done different things, but. It was just like too ridiculous at the time, you know. They wanted yeah. it to be slapstick, and then they turned it back into this like gritty mafia kind of thing, and it was just like kind of all over the place. Uh, my uh, my friend will be here um, any minute. I'm just gonna jump behind the the bench and then <laughs> come out as this guy, but you're not gonna know it's me. It was like the Superman thing. Like I'll be right back. Uh, Where's Jim? Yeah. Um, what's next on honorable mentions? Twelve monkeys. Hmm. I like this one. I'm on board. Speaking of, Phil- is it, they shot in Philadelphia area. Sure did. One. Yeah. Yeah. They shot at the Eastern State Penitentiary, which is pretty cool. And I know people, I've seen some location shots, which are, are great that people have taken some good good locations. I have not covered this one, but I was thinking about Philadelphia today because today is the 40th anniversary of Blowout. Oh, great flick. Yeah. Travolta's finest. Uh, the movie um, was fine. Um, it's not one I like. I watch over and over again. It kind of. I think it's one of those better the first time. I, I agree with that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and you, you watch it um, with the virus and stuff. Kind of a cool backdrop. 
but uh, and I felt like the set design was really good. But yeah, I don't I don't clamor to watch this like all the time. But if it's on, there's nothing else I'll watch it. And for the most part, still holds up. Yes. Now the next one I do watch anytime it's on. <laughs> Truth about That's... cats and dogs. Yes. I haven't seen this. I've seen this maybe once. Uh. This is um, with uh, Uma uh, Thurman. Uma Thurman and uh, Gene Garofalo. Yeah, and Gene Garofalo, right? Yeah, yeah, and Ben Chaplin uh, at his best, and he's he still does stuff. But I, I still I I say a couple lines from this movie. Um, actually, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, one I was like, he's like, who put this chocolate in my pocket? And he's looking. <laughs> I think I used to carry chocolate in my pocket just because of that line, and then yeah, I used to call my cat baby head because of this movie because <laughs> she gets oh, really? a baby she head a hey, baby head and i don't know yeah. why i thought that was the funniest thing and then it is funny yeah but um no, it's good so i know she has janine graffle has written off this movie and refuses to even talk about it uh, because of the whole premise but um I, I still watch it yeah no i haven't seen it in a while i'd be very curious to watch this film again uh next we have the long kiss goodnight and we have a treat robert has of course He's a completist. He uh, almost completist, but yeah, <laughs> almost completist, much, yeah, so as much as as possible. This was shot up in uh, the Toronto area, and so this is one of my favorite films. Um, Rennie Harlan directed it, um, and uh, same thing. You went to the film kind of not knowing what was gonna, what this was about, and I was just kind of pleasantly surprised uh, of with the whole premise. So this sometimes uh, those are the best treats. Yep. So this street was also used on same street used in John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness, where they kind of have the Christmas parade. Mm. Yes. Were uh, you up there specifically for this film or both? No, I was actually up there more. I actually I was doing a multitude of films. So um, also in the Mouth of Madness, this was it was the same insane asylum in the Mouth of Madness, and then it was supposed to be uh, I think the the prison or something in the Long Kiss. Oh, okay. Also, the brewery in Strange Brew. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, or one of the breweries that they supposedly use. So, oh. um, so I was able to do quite a few locations. There, there's a couple that were even farther north. I just didn't have time to get to, but um, uh, I, I hope to get back uh, and kind of, kind of finish that off sometime. Yeah, yeah. No, these are great shots. Um, I think it's a good film. It, it still holds up. Yep. You gotta love Gina Davis. Yes. Uh, I actually, I still, um, and, uh, this kind of, um, I think it's supposed to be a train station that was also used in 1120, is it 11, or 22, 22, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is kind of, they randomly kind of shot up in, in Toronto as well. Oh yeah. Did but, you like 11, 63? I, it's one of those like, uh, it's same thing. It went on a little too long. Like, uh, we got the premise. Let's. Let's get on with it. Let's keep going, and it's kind of turned into something else. I I, I do want to revisit yeah. it. Me too. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I usually don't enjoy those change the time historical movies because they a lot of times they just it's it looks bad. But I felt like they did a good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. So eleven twenty two sixty three. This was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, my line that I use from this is like I'm a chef because she's she, I mean, she's <laughs> like cutting. She's oh, yeah. Like, she's these memories are coming back. So right. uh, anytime. Uh, my sister and I, we do anything remotely in the kitchen. We're just like, I'm a chef. Like, I'm a chef. We'll make peanut butter and jelly. And we're like, I'm a right, chef. I'm changing the chat trash can. Uh, I'm a chef. Yeah. Oh, look, they uh, even tried to recreate Atlantic City in Toronto. Oh, yeah. They did a pretty good job. No, they did. They did yeah. do a good job. Um, next on the list, we have uh, Mars Attacks. <laughs> this is 
<laughs> you know, I've never seen this movie, Robert. Ooh. I'm yielding to you for everything. Uh, I rewatched pieces of it not that long ago. It, it's funny this took place the same year as Independence Day because it's uh, obviously a, more of a, a a premise. And if I remember right, this was based on uh, trading cards, not not even a full comic, I think. So there's pieces of it that are, are kind of funny, and obviously they have a good cast of Annette Benning and Jack Nicholson and Glenn Close. Um, but yeah, it does, does not hold up. No. Yeah, I'm going to yield to you. I haven't seen it. Um, next we have, I added this on the list, Romeo and Juliet. This is Boz Lerman, um, kind of done in the same vein as the Gatsby. Take a period piece and just do modern things around it. Although this was like a true modern film with the verbatim dialogue from the Shakespeare play. Yeah. And uh, I just, I put it in here because I just watched it. I don't think I've seen it since the release. And, uh, and it, for the most part, it doesn't hold up. Uh, the acting is great. I, DiCaprio, I, I think, did a better job than I thought he did at the time watching it. Like, he really is one of the best actors, you know, in our era. Yeah. But um, I couldn't get past the modern setting and the plausibility of, like, what's happening. You know, like, they're killing people and shooting, and the chief of police, who's the prince in the play, is kind of like, you're banished from this land. You will forfeit the peace. And it's like, like what? you would be arrested. <laughs> I mean, he, he has, like, the mafia families, you know, Capulet Montague in his office. Like, yeah. Thou for not shake the peace up again, and it's it's like I don't I don't know. To me, that just seemed ridiculous. And with the MTV soundtrack, it was very 1996, whatever. Yeah, bands were big at the time. They put on there. So um, there's some there's some good scenes. Uh, I feel like it's well shot. Uh, I feel like the set design was great, but uh, for the most part, I don't know. It didn't. I felt like they should have just did modern dialogue with this. What they producers should have done if they had any hindsight is hold on to it for a couple of years and release it after titanic and they can guarantee this would have been oh a, yeah a top 10 that just leonardo alone that's all you have to do to bring people into the theater that's it it's or, like when they did man in the iron mask after titanic yeah. <laughs> that like was through the roof yeah <laughs> like him playing twins without a french accent done like, done yeah winner <laughs> My film teacher, I took like a film class in high school, said at the time, uh, he's like, Leonardo DiCaprio could just read a tax return form on a website and that would go like to number one. So that kid can do like anything now. And he's like, and you're going to see that with Man in the Iron Mask. And I did see it. I mean, it's fun, yeah. but it's but it's no. him like, you know, yeah. I will deal with this decisively. Uh, I'm the king and kings do stuff. <laughs> John Malkovich was like, what am I doing here? What's he was probably thing? just like, just take the paycheck and go. Well, it's, it was him, Jeremy Irons, Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. It's kind of like a sleazebag now. And uh, like those guys, you know, they're, they're like these fine, great actors. And they were kind of doing their best. And then you have Leonardo DiCaprio come in saying, we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes out. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Holland's one, Opus. I'm I didn't sorry, see Robert. this one. I did not see this one. So it's a good, I, it's a good movie. Um, it's on Disney Plus if you ever want to get on the rabbit hole. But it's uh, it's a good it's a love love letter to the '60s and kind of the history there with the music and the Vietnam War and um, it's like a Disney version of not Dangerous Mind but kind of this teacher that makes the difference and kids that don't really give a shit about music. But it's done like respectfully. Uh, still holds up for me. 
What do we got next? Waiting for Guffman, which is Ooh. probably uh, between this and Best in Show is probably my favorite Christopher Guest film. So husband of Jamie Lee Curtis. But um, I did mm-hmm. go to some of those locations when I was down in Texas. Um, and that town looks essentially the same <laughs> as it does in the movie. It does? Yeah. Great it's, shots. Uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I just kind of was one of those. I remember mm-hmm. I was taking a picture of one of the, and some car stopped and was staring at me, like ready to say something like, hey, you can't just be taking pictures of storefronts. But Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you doing? Um, but you know me. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, you're, what, you're, whatever you're I, you whatever line I used when uh, <laughs> I was with you. <laughs> None of your business. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that's where we're seeing the movie today. Where Robert and oh, I, I encountered that gentleman. I'm excited. Yeah. I hope I see him again. And and I go, None of your business. He's probably around on that skateboard. Yep. Uh, but um, that's but, a yeah. cool shot. Yeah, yeah. Even without a drone to kind of get the proper shot but it's a nice yeah. little town and it's a funny movie park you can't go wrong with parker posey uh, no Catherine o'hara uh, yeah so the, the cast obviously is what makes this and just perfect timing so one of my favorites this is how we get a first look at cockery's apartment oh i see uh, see now, now you're just giving my spelling errors this is supposed to say corkies no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm just joking it looks great um, uh, I, I like waiting for government. It's a, you did good shots here. Thank you. By the way, did anyone ever mention the title of the last show we did, which I put the Brid- Bridges of Patterson County? Uh, I think somebody laughed at it, or I assume they okay. were. I, I saw a laugh thing, so I assume they were laughing at the title, not the actual podcast. But because my circle of friends and people in my world stopped questioning things a long time ago, <laughs> like the puns <laughs> I do. Yeah, like there's no more shocker. Hey, that was yeah. fun. It's just like they expect ridiculousness. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder if Robert's going to get me, you know, hear anything about this. And it's like, what's that supposed to mean? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't even seen the movie. So. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but these are great shots. Uh, I still like Waiting for Guffman. It's still a fun. It's a fun movie. It's funny. Yeah. This this was the, the, the supposed to be the travel agency. I remember I was taking a picture and a car just stopped in front of me, staring me down. Uh, <laughs> This one? Yeah. And I had to wait for them to leave. And I think I probably just did look at him like, I think I told him to move along. Um, Just trying to take a picture. Nothing to see here. Carry on. Random uh, Harrison property storefront. (laughs) That is a weird thing to do to stop somebody and look. I mean, you could be anybody. You could be uh, taking pictures for a listing online. You could be a realtor. I mean, that's that's always weird in public. If it's like a private house, fine. But like, come on, dude. Keep moving. Anyway. Waiting for Guffman and the Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. on Main Street. <laughs> they had some updates or uh, D updates. I think they took away some pieces, but I think they did. I think they yeah. went down. Yeah, they. What, what city was this in? Uh, yeah. so I can't even remember the name. It's a small Texas town. I remember when I was going through, I was doing all sorts of Texas uh, stuff, and I remember I had to do uh, some reroutes because this is where there was flooding going on, and there were some highways that were out, and so I was, mm. I was kind of I felt like gas on like one in five gas stations were open the, all the others had ran out of gas so it was, it was kind of iffy, iffy that time. is iffy yeah well you are a pioneer yep good shot matchup thank you i think i, I don't know the, how, how you did that i'd you imagine can bar- you can barely see part of the old diamond that was painted behind there in the circle oh damn that's yeah. good that's good craftsmanship got, got i don't know the right craftsmanship's yeah. the word, but. <laughs> wow you did a really good job 
Um, oh, I love this little tooth. The dentist. The tooth's the best part. <laughs> it's probably in somebody's garage over there, too. You know, I, I wonder. It, you know it is. And yeah. that would be so cool if this surfaced. Probably. I should have just knocked on the door, but it was it was Texas. So. Te- yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Yeah, the garage was improved, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple of areas. So, but yeah, they, they used almost every corner of that town. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, was this a day in day out thing? Like you hit yeah. the road after this? Yeah, I was just going from Texas town to Texas town. I think I was doing this and the Texas Chainsaw Massacres and oh yeah, uh, everybody wants some and all sorts of things. So yeah, this was a little bit of a sketchy house. I but um, I mean the grass I, is, I, has I, a car in it. I needed the shot. So <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the driveway disappeared. It it did. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I even took random like this is the actual spot so oh that's cool <laughs> yeah i know you did a good job uh oh this guy bob balaban yeah he was super nice yeah he's awesome uh what do we got next after waiting for guffman the craft the craft we this are is the another, weirdos the craft is like the companion piece to the crow it was like the 90s people were like the crow or the craft were like these dark edgy things that you watched before you went to hot topic we had a little Scream reunion before Scream was became a thing, but Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich mm-hmm. were both yeah. in this film. So um, it holds up still pretty well. Some of the effects do not, um, but I think you got the lead actresses are, are really good, and that's what also drives this film. I haven't seen it. I'm going to trust your good judgment. I've never seen The Craft. You should, and they just came out with another The Craft Legacy. I saw. Just kind of tied to this. It, I didn't hate it as much as I thought it was going to. Really? Yeah. Did they do a lot of uh, things like they rehashed a lot of things because they were good in the first one? Um, pieces of it. Um, some worked, some didn't. And then, okay. but the thing is, like I said, this is not made for a 50 year old man either. This is <laughs> made for yeah. a completely different audience. Robert's actually 25. <laughs> And he's been 25 for 20 years. Yeah. I just keep smearing more Vaseline on this lens. So I have the Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah. It just keeps working. Uh, Number 13, we have Fargo. Oh, yes. Coen brothers. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Probably at not, I mean, I wouldn't even say at their best, but obviously this is one of of their better ones and became one of their most Mm -hmm. popular ones. So um, highly quotable. um, Very. In different ways. And it is a, I don't. Know, I, I just love watching this. Me too. Oh, no, it's. I stop what I'm doing if it's on. Yeah. Um. It's a. It's a great film, in my opinion. Uh. Fourteen is Happy Gilmore. This is Adam Sandler. It's like the big three he did before his fall from grace. It was like this, yeah. Billy Madison, and yeah. Big Daddy. And out of out of those three, this this one still kind of holds up for me. That it's still, mm-hmm. uh, it has a good heart, um, and. Uh, I don't, I don't I, it's it's still watchable and yeah, yeah. I, I still quote this one from <laughs> a, a couple quotes one when he's dropping his his grandma off at the the place and there's a couple lines where that old lady jumps out of his car he's like get me out of here <laughs> so my, and my sister and i like if we're ever at some event <laughs> that we don't want to be at it's like get me <laughs> out of here um but yeah well, so this was shot hurt. you just earned two extra hours of garden duty <laughs> How about a nice cup of shut the hell up? Well, 
You can count. Great. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. Uh, Bob Barker. I mean, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it has it enough going for it. So, but uh, yeah, so this was shot up in Vancouver, rainy Vancouver, as you can see. So this is when I used to go without screenshots. So I don't have the exact uh, right angles, but, uh, but yeah, so the house looks from, at the time pretty much the same. And it also shares a the old where he, where he puts his grandmother in kind of the old person's house is also used in many films, including Halloween Resurrection. Yes, uh, you did a great job here. I agree with Robert. It still holds up. It's still a fun movie. It has a good heart. Go watch it if you haven't. <laughs> Tell him Robert sent you. <laughs> Tell us about this shot, Mr. Patterson. These these steps or these forbidden. steps. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're kind of like, they look a little bit unsafe, but yeah, so this is a, a I think, old hospital. It's used in almost every Vancouver production because just, it has a nice look to it. But yeah, Final Destination 2, Halloween Resurrection, many, I think, obviously Supernatural shot there, um, many different films, so. It's yeah, aesthetically nice pleasing. Visit. It is. Um, sidebar, you know what I found out? I was, went down a rabbit hole, um, where M. Night Shyamalan, his blinding ed- edge pictures productions um, offices. Yeah. Well, he's got two. He's got like a corporate office in Newtown Square, PA. But they have the the barn. Um, have you ever seen that barn that they converted to like his studio? No, I, you know, what? I, I don't think so. I drove by when they were filming Lady in the Water, kind of a big warehouse. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's the same thing that you're talking about. No, I know where the warehouse is. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And uh, no, but the barn, uh, um, it's it's really cool. They uh, somebody posted pictures that the company that like redid it, like posted some photos, and um, they have like a movie theater in there, and it's it's cool. But it looks like just this old barn because it was it was a you know historically protected kind of barn. Yeah. But little do you know, it's like this fun house in there with stuff. Nice. Um, but it's cool. Yeah, went down a rabbit hole. Um. Big Daddy still holds up for us. Uh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Happy Oof. Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore was off. Was after Billy Madison. I think Billy Madison was after, but I could be wrong. No, yeah, I think you're probably right. I don't know. I don't know. Robert's never wrong. But I, I absolutely am wrong, but we just no. don't admit it. So. <laughs> uh, Happy Gilmore is, is good. And here you are with Christopher McDonald. Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. He's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, <laughs> oh, he plays such a great asshole. I love him. Uh, my parents are big into golf, and I swear they're oh, they had really? golf on the other day when they were visiting. I swear to God, I thought one of the golfers was going to do that run and swing. <laughs> it looked like it, that's it. what he was actually doing. I was like, oh, is, is that a thing now? Yeah. Was that a thing? Did, did somebody could, actually do that? It looked like they were about to do that, and they didn't. But I was like, oh, I was like, maybe, maybe it caught on. Maybe it does work. Maybe it does get some momentum going, you know. Uh, they do. next. What is next? Uh, High school high. Oh no! <laughs> oh, if you hear me laugh, that means I still think it's funny, and it's is it? I I wouldn't know. I I walked out of this movie. It, did you? There's there's yeah, still the, well, the kid I was with was like, this is so racist, and. I was like, is it? He's like, yep. And I was like, all right, let's go. I don't like racism. I didn't understand the references at the time because I was like 15. Um, but we left, so I never actually finished it. It's a spoof spin on Dangerous Minds and kind of all the other movies. So my <laughs> oh, really? favorite line, I think that it's actually more from the trailer, is a, 
Louise Fletcher's <laughs> the principal. <laughs> she's like, she's on intercam saying, the vice principal is still missing. If you have him or know where he is, please. <laughs> I don't know why that just cracked. No, that's funny. My ever the favorite part is like the school nurse, and she's giving out condoms, and she's stapling in the middle of to a pamphlet of the condom. I, I think I do remember that scene. So it's like all those like literally stupidest things. Yeah, uh, it's with I, um, the Wayans brothers, right? I th- they might have. I know Mackay Pfeiffer's in it. I don't know if they. Oh really? I don't think it's the Wayans, but uh, no. But, but yeah, but yeah, they high school went. high. High school, but yeah. John Lovitz was in it, right? Yes, that there that kind of tells you all about the movie. Uh, has the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that I, I I probably should watch it. I I didn't you know I didn't understand it uh, why that we left at the time, but it was it wasn't my doing. But uh, yeah, I've never seen right. this like streaming anywhere. Well, probably because it's racist. It's racist. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> what it is. I mean, is it? I don't know. Song of the South version of spoof movies. I don't know. But I I haven't seen it in a while. But these are the the things that I remember about it. (laughs) The only scene I remember is they're at a dance. And the guy's like, do you want to have like a nice, innocent, like friendly little dance? And she's like, yeah. And they start like grinding on each other and stuff. That's from this movie, right? That's all I remember. I think it is. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) That's when the kid Justin I was with was like, this is so racist. I'm like, yeah. Got to go. Let's go walk because we didn't drive then, so we like walked uh, around Staples or something until his mom gotcha. picked us up like two hours later. I'm like, I kind of rather be watching the movie. But yeah, uh, I'll have to give it a. Sh- Ooh, we have a treat at 16, a very Brady sequel. Uh, so it certainly is not as good as the Brady Bunch movie, I don't no. think. But mm-hmm. uh, they they while the iron is hot and while the kids still look relatively the same. Um, uh, they they kind of incorporate. They actually went to Hawaii uh, for a couple scenes, even though the big mansion is the same big mansion at the end uh, from the big mansion in Last Action Hero. Oh yes, good call. The, the evil man. The evil mansion. man. I can't remember the villain's name, but a very Brady sequel. Yeah. Um, Produced by Sherwood Schwartz. Is he still alive? Then he must have been. I don't. Apparently, and. It's. I'm just reading the article. It says produced by, so he could have been like the guy that approved it or something. I don't know. But it's blessing on it. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but yeah, and they did try to make a TV movie one after this, and I think none of the kids came back, but maybe uh, the parents did or something strange like that. But it was. Very cool. It was bad. It was like on after ten minutes. There's like this. Oh isn't, really? Yeah. Not good good so was this a bomb at the theater uh i don't yeah it didn't do as well i mean obviously yeah. they made a sequel because the first one did make some good money um this one i don't think they're like oh it didn't quite uh work the second time around yeah uh yeah i i, I agree I, i've only seen it the one time um oh the frighteners michael j fox one of the best uses of don't fear the reaper at the end this is uh, was this peter jackson yes mm-hmm. so i D. Wallace, I can't remember everybody else, uh, and it was in it. So, uh, pretty kind of uh, underrated at the time. Um, had good special effects yeah. at the time. Um, I don't know how much that they um, have held up now, but at the time it was kind of a big deal. Jeffrey Combs uh, was fantastic in it. Jake um, Bidley Busey is in it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Combs is, is great in that. Is this a contact year or is this? The next year's contact. I can't remember. No, no, I think contact is 90. 
Did we miss that? It's a good, good question. To go. Good to go. Good to go. Contact is 97. Okay, so we'll, we'll wait to talk about that. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk um, about the crystals. But, uh, but yeah, Frank, I've not talked... For some reason, I thought there's been not sequel talk, but maybe TV series talked about the Frighteners, but I thought that could maybe work. Yeah, I, I think it could. Uh, I'd be willing to watch this again to see how it, held, see how it holds up. I, I enjoyed it a lot when it came out. And you're right, the effects were ahead of its time, and it was good. It wasn't as bad, or it wasn't anywhere near as bad as that other one that came out around this time. Was it 13 Ghosts? Oh, uh, yeah. Even though it did have a pretty brutal, 13 Ghosts had a pretty uh, brutal killing, but mm-hmm. the glass door killing, I guess we'll say. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, next is Swingers, uh, which is funny. This is um, kind of what, this is Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, but this kind of got uh, Vince Vaughn into Jurassic World. It did. Or uh, Lost World. Uh, Kate Capshaw pushed for that. So mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Capshaw knew what she liked. <laughs> Kate Capshaw saw something and she went right after it. She gets, And Steven says, yes, ma'am. I'll get her. I'll get him. Um, Swinger, Swingers is, is filmed entirely where I used, mostly, I shouldn't say entirely, the majority of where I used to live when I first went to L.A. So when I first oh, yeah. came here. I was like, oh, there's the Dresden. Oh, it's this place. Oh, it's, you know, it was like a really cool thing. So I'm a little yeah. biased. I do like this movie a I lot. Do I think I have a blog for this because I did go to the, the restaurant that they have, they eat at. And I know, I remember I was putting my napkin up uh, <laughs> to do faces oh, really? and stuff like that. But uh, I, I never made a proper uh, page for it or anything like that. But um, yeah, so I don't think it's probably age as much. There's still a couple of funny things. I still think about swingers when, um, whenever I drive anywhere, like there's four of us going somewhere and we each drive our own car. And so you have the, <laughs> the caravan of cars where they would go from party. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, From the party caravan. to party and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, it's, it's swingers. It is funny that, uh, obviously Vince Vaughn, speaking of Vince Vaughn, I think I'm going to, I think freaky is on tonight on HBO. So I'm going to check that out. But out oh, of the cool. two, you, you assume Vince Vaughn would be the, the, the one that would be, uh, at the stellar heights. And it's actually John Favreau is the, I know. Is it is. And for a while it was it was Vince Vaughn, you yeah. know, arguably, but John Favreau is the like you can't touch him now. Yeah. He's like uh JJ Abrams kind of status up there right now. Here's the blog entry, Swingers. This uh-huh. is the cafe. Yeah, so I don't know. Obviously I didn't come up with any screenshots and restaurants are always a little weird because you're people are eating and you might be the weirdo taking pictures of people eating and invading their privacy, but yeah, there's me pretending to be. This is the 101 Cafe. Yeah, they closed recently. This was uh, a great place. I think are they? Re- I think I just read that they are reopening. But I hope so. Something like that. So yeah, it's Hopefully. a cool. It's a cool, cool spot. Uh, I always forget that you have the movie locations and more. Yeah, there's obviously there's kind of B-roll stuff that I don't I don't have enough to bother with a page, but I happen I happen to be there. Robert is so money, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> Swinger still holds up for us. Uh, it still holds up for you? Yeah, yeah, I'd watch it. Next we have... Thinner. Thinner. Lizard. Uh, I do that. I wrote a it, sketch once, and it'll never see the light of day, but you walk up to people with like an ailment, and you're like, sir, cholesterol. <laughs> you know, like a fat person. <laughs> Can't do it. But uh, I would kill for... A, 
the gypsy to walk up to me and say thinner. I was like, come on. Right. Somebody just me as part of this, my diet. So, sir, wrinkle free. Um, not you. I'm just saying. Not, yeah. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying. Maybe some, maybe somebody did curse me. So, no. no um, sure. but yeah. So this, I don't, I don't think it held up at the time. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just say no. It has uh, the actor in it, that Rob, guy. Rob, Robert John Burke, who ended up playing Robocop and Robocop mm-hmm. 3. I think. Um, and he's done some other stuff, too. But he's kind of your everyman. Yeah. Uh, remember Carrie War as the, the gypsy. The standout, because um, she was just kind of wild. Yeah. And um, Joe, Man- Joe Mantegna as the friend. Yes. Yeah, he's like the mafia guy. It's just like, he's yeah. some acid. I'm just carrying around acid. You're gonna throw it in her face. It's like, oh, okay. He's like uh, the yeah. serious John Lovitz. <laughs> so he is. Oh, yeah, good point. That's a good. That's a good. Nice touch. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And I don't think it should be remade either. I just don't think it. it I don't think it quite works as a full-fledged movie. No, no, I agree. Uh, you should leave it alone. Uh, flirting with disaster. What is this, Robert? I don't Have you know heard of this? So this is one of those movies that I remember I'd see in the theater, and I remember just crying, laughing. So it's a Ben Stiller, Tia Leone, Patricia Arquette, but then you got as the kind of supporting stars, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, Alan Alda, Lily Tomlin, Josh Brolin. Um, so it's just it's kind of a road trip movie, and uh, it's more or less the supporting cast. Ben Stiller's obviously kind of playing the, the straight man in this. Um, and it's kind of supporting cast of wild characters um, in the movie. So um, I, it is a movie I do stop and watch if I'm clicking through and, and I watch it through that has enough funny moments. Yeah, it, it gives you what you want. It's a fun yep. ride. Flirting with Disaster, Robert gives it his thumbs up. Um, next, we have The Evening Star, sequel to Terms of Endearment. Yes, and we have, or, uh, as the entry. poster says, the continuing story. Of it's a continuing story. That was their right. their nice way of saying it's a sequel, but we're not going to call it a sequel. But and it was based right. on a book. I mean, Larry McMurdy wrote *Evening Star* and *Terms of Endearment*, so they're both uh, novel-based films. So, also while I was in t- this is a high Texas time. Um, uh, when I was in Texas, I did a lot of those locations. So, it was interesting that the um, the house um, they used from the original film they would wouldn't let them use it again. So they had to find an alternate house that looked the same. And it pretty much did look the same. But And if you look at the pictures now, they they tore that down and put up a new house, which is unfortunate. But oh, yeah. the, the tree yeah, is still the is. same. Yeah, <laughs> They kept the tree, at least. Right, the tree's still so, there, but they tore down the house. Yeah. Um, does is this certainly have the heights of Terms of Endearment? No. And it comes kind of nowhere near yeah. it. But um, you, Shirley MacLaine is still good at playing Aurora and yeah Juliette Lewis um, playing the daughter of Deborah Winger which I thought was pretty good casting because that's pretty believable yeah I agree with that um, but yeah, but yeah it's, it's, just, not, it's yeah. not as good but it still has some 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 nice moments in yeah. it it was yeah it was it was fine why why didn't they allow them to use the house was it just the owner didn't want it or was I it don't know like and it could be thing? it could be one of those things that everybody on the block needed a degree or something like that and they just didn't want and and you know how obtrusive movies are. So yeah, uh, Bill yeah, Paxton. The worst. I forgot Bill Paxton was in this. He plays the the counselor. 
uh, to Aurora in this, and this was his house. Right. Um, but yeah, so. Oh, good shot here. But I think the 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 house they used was actually I think her mother owned the ter terms of a different house, or there was some type of relationship there that they kind of knew each other. So. Oh, okay. But you, you I, did nice work. It, thank you. They went to Houston again, at least. Yeah, went down to Houston. Oh, that's Whereas, right. Uh, this this movie was like critically panned, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was. You know, it was released on Christmas Day, and I remember going to seeing it, and I was super excited. And and you know, it it was like almost any sequel. You know, it's not gonna. No. Never gonna live up to your expectations of of everything, all the luggage that you're bringing. Uh, with with you uh to the theater but um yeah I'll, I'll still watch pieces of it if, you know if i'm flipping around so oh um, for sure yeah, yeah. no I, I enjoyed it it's got nice some movie. robocop streets i remember <laughs> <laughs> i remember i was doing kind of two for ones uh uh here for to oh try yeah to find, one in rome to try to find this uh exact spot you did a good job matching this up how did you piece this this building um, here that, on the right that, the little checkerboard things that you see um, is what I used. You can see barely, and the, that oh, that's yeah. all I had to go by with some checkerboard to try to kind of figure out where this was at. So nice I take every, every clue that I can. <laughs> You're a detective. You did a nice job. The Evening Thank Star. You. Yes. Um, next we have uh, Citizen Ruth, which Citizen I, Ruth. That's, I, I, was, I was trying to say Citizen Kane earlier. So that's Citizen what it Ruth. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Was shot in Omaha, and so I remember I was I remember being around when they were filming, and I just knew it was Alexander Payne who this was his, I think it probably was his first film. I think he directed. So, oh, okay. Um, uh, uh, he's an Omaha native. He's an Omaha native. So, so this apartment that you see um, is actually the apartment's still there, but now there's a big hotel in front of it, so you can't even uh, see it anymore. Oh, it's a holiday in there. Yep. Um, but Laura Dern, this was, you know, she was fresh off, not fresh off, but I mean, Jurassic Park is kind of what she was kind of still known for. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, now you can see the the big hotel in front of it. So, um, this <laughs> next, <bitch>. yeah, <laughs> the, this next street was kind of like, where is this? And I actually had a friend that lived at the very end of that block that I just kind of happened to recognize. So, oh, no way. Um, and that's why I was like, and this is where I go back to, like, you know, I'll find any place in L.A. or whatever. And in, uh, in Omaha, I'm like, where is this? I can't find houses in, in my own city. Um, but uh, but I was able to kind of find some of these spots. So, you so did it was a great nice. job. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so actually I'm, I did a, I have almost everything complete uh, for this film. There's a couple houses that I still are still missing. But if you have not seen it, I would recommend um, checking it out. Yeah, I think I have seen it, but it was a long time ago. Um, this house, I think, was in an episode of Cops when they did Omaha. <laughs> it looks just oh, like it. There was a we don't homeless talk guy. About, we don't talk about cops in Omaha. Oh, you guys are not don't like the show. Well, well, I think we end up kind of getting the show canceled because we had a uh, <laughs> oh really an incident where oh uh, one of the camera sound people was shot and killed while they were oh. filming, while they were filming. So. <sighs> Not, not good. Hey, you know what I have to say to cops about that? It's yeah. not for everyone. Okay, <laughs> that's the Nebraska motto. That's uh, it. So but yeah, that's you did a great job. Tonight. Yeah, thank you. So let's start with your can't look away this time. 
Okay. Mine is a movie you shouldn't even be looking at in the first place. It's Escape from L.A., the much worse horrific sequel to the great film Escape from New York, John Carpenter. This uh, brings back um, Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Uh, reason I can't look away is I do like the set. I like, you know, underwater kind of L.A. and Hollywood and apocalypse kind of thing. I still think that's kind of cool. I do like Steve Buscemi, but it, this movie's just so ridiculous. Um, you know, m- my wife walked in. I was watching it once. She hasn't seen it. And she, it was the part where, like, he was riding the tidal wave on the surfboard. And it's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I, I got nothing to say. This is this is awful, but I will still watch it. I, kudos for you for being able to, to sit through that a second time. Um, <sighs> I feel like I should love it because, obviously, I love God L.A. Uh, I feel like very little is actually shot and proper LA it's sets and matte paintings and yeah. Extremely bad CGI. I just remember, I remember in the theater watching the, like, are we supposed to be watching real life or is this supposed to be computer, you know, graphic of him going through by universal studios and the shark jumps. I was like, what, what, that was bad. What are we doing? Carpenter. Uh, (laughs) And he, he can't use the word Disneyland. So they use like the happy whatever. And they're uh-huh. like, oh, that's it. I can't believe that's it. And you're like, but we can't say it's Disneyland because yeah. we'll get sued. Um, I was like, oh, no. And it kept going on. And they, they actually end up at Universal Studios at the at the end in Courthouse Square <laughs> uh, <laughs> is where they actually shot. So I yeah. just felt like, oh, this is everything coming to. Uh, right. and, and every once in a while, like, I'll be flipping. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm giving it a bad rap. And then I start watching. I'm like, no. But apparently you can't you can't look away. You No, I have to watch it. And what hurts both films, I think, is the plot. You know, it's like the first film, the president gets kidnapped, the second one, the president's daughter. It's like, what's the Secret Service doing in this future world? Like the president like they're just prone to being kidnapped or defecting or whatever. Um and you know, but it it's just so ridiculous. And I do love Pliskin in this one because he's sort of Bakes one of himself. Like Kurt Russell knows it's ridiculous. As he's smoking the cigarette, he's like, call me Snake. You know? And he's just like, oh, it's just so bad. Just, can't look away. No. Well. And what does your can't look away say? Uh, the mirror has two faces. Mirror Starring has two faces. Starring the Barbara Streisand, Lauren Bacall, Jeff Bridges, Mimi Rogers, Brenda Vaccaro. Um, I like the cast. A cameo. Or I don't. It's not even counts. It's a cameo. Eli Roth plays a student <laughs> that happens to be oh, in the really? of a scene. Yeah. So just oh, randomly. Cool. So, uh, have you seen this? No. Uh, I literally. I'm like. I don't know who I need to write to to get this up, released on Blu-ray, but I'm like, I need this movie on Blu-ray, if not 4K. It's it brought in 82 million. How I don't know. for Barbara Streisand alone. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> what is so bad about it? Uh, just the, 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 I, I'll I'll send you a scene after if I can find it on YouTube. But so uh, Barbara Streisand, she plays a prof- uh, university professor, and she has like a standing. Room. People love her classes so much; it's standing room only, oh and so gosh. she's up there talking, and literally people are like laughing their asses off, um, and they're just like, "What?" And la- I mean, just just people think she has the best teacher ever, and it's like ridiculous. Uh, oh no. And uh, and that's where Eli Roth has a scene. But so anyway, she she plays the ugly duckling, compared to her beautiful sister, and Lauren Bacall is their mother. And then um, then she be- and, and Brenda Vaccaro is her 
overweight friend, and and then she uh, she's awkward or whatever, and the, her and Jeff Bridges try to have a platonic relationship. Uh, anyway, then halfway through, um, through a Kenny Loggins montage, she loses weight, gets pretty. And I'm not kidding. It's actual Kenny Loggins oh music my montage. Um, I have the CD. I'll tell you What's that. the Kenny Loggins song? I don't even remember. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll dig it out. But oh, man. Um, does Kenny Loggins really have any other song? It's just all you have to say is Kenny Loggins. You kind of know what's what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's the soundtrack of the 80s. Yeah. And uh, then she becomes pretty. And literally, she becomes Barbara. And like she has then she has the Barbara hair and everything kind of becomes out of focus <laughs> in, oh. the, in the Barbara Streisand way. And then uh, I remember she has a scene with uh, Brenda Vaccaro, her friend. And, you know, of course, now now uh, Barbara has a salad, you know, and maybe, you know, half a roll and and Brenda Vaccaro has a cheeseburger and fries. And she goes, I guess we can't even eat together anymore. You know, like, oh, <laughs> it's only money. It is. Oh, I cannot get enough of this film. So the, the mirror has two faces. <clears throat> She's the mirror. Well, yeah, I, and it might be based on a book of some sort too. I can't remember, but yeah, it's based on uh, Les Miroirs et du Fasse by André Caillé. Pierce Brosnan is in it. He plays Ooh. that. He, he doesn't like her, and then once Barbara becomes pretty, he's <clears> like, "Hey, look what I'm missing!" And then, uh, and then she she turns him down. Was, was he only in this for like a scene or two? Because he should have been shooting Tomorrow um, Never Dies or he's something. probably in three or four scenes, you know. But they it's, got Pierce. But they, yeah, they got Pierce. So And you can't look away. Uh, yeah, I, I own this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Proudly. And I own the CD from the single of Kenny Loggins, which I can't name the title uh, of right now. But uh, we're gonna sure have, we gonna have to, I'm going to have to find some clips from this. Yes, I will find some clips from that. So, or I'll send you a copy. (laughs) Yes, please. The mirror has two faces. I'm always curious about your can't look away. You know, Uh, that's one of them. Brings delight to my face. The mirror has two faces. Barbara Streisand's finest role. Yes. Does Barbara Streisand still act in anything? I don't think she. She was in what the Meet the Fockers and Yeah or something like that. But I don't know if she's. She did that Seth Rogen one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so i guess maybe she pops in once in a while i think so it's hard because she always plays her i don't yeah. say herself but she's she's also like madonna like you can't pretend uh her character's name is rose only because they say it 20 million times in the movie uh but it's like who it's barbara you know it's barbara yeah uh have you ever seen the rose with bet midler uh a long time ago yeah it's a good movie. It's supposed to yeah. be like Janis Joplin, um, and she does a really good job. But you you want to kind of make it wish it were just about Janis Joplin at that point, you know? I guess I don't know why they didn't do it or whatever, but um, yeah, it's it's good. I think it's one of the best, you know, female singer songstress turns like act actor kind of movie. Um, kind of nails I it. I think Barbara directed, of course. Uh, the Mirror Has Two Faces as well. So oh. No, nobody directs a better star than the star itself. No, of course not. <laughs> it's all about the star. Um, but if you do find clips, I think you'll be shocked. Like literally, there'll be reverse shots, and it seems like a totally different camera. And then they would cut to Barbara, and you're like, "What? What is this soft focus? <laughs> Does it look lighting? Like the lighting's different, or whatever?" And it's just like, oh. "All right." <laughs> Does it look like they're splicing in footage from like a different shoot altogether? Yes, and I think actually it is. 
uh, some of it is a different shoot, which just it doesn't help. And then you just you just know the amount of vanity that's that's in this project too. So yeah, oh for sure. But I'm glad that you brought this to my attention. You're gonna Robert. get some good clips in your mailbox. Don't worry. I can't wait. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Well, that's gonna be our show tonight. Um, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of the places that podcasts live, and check out Robert's site, of course, at set-debtor.com. Robert Patterson and Matthew Clark, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the set.